There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed. Song of the Thank you once again for tuning into our Tuesday edition of the podcast. We certainly are thankful for each and every one of you that listen each and every week. We are at the Second Chance Bible Church in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania this week, 7 o'clock each night. If you're in the area, we'd love to have you stop by, be a part of the services. We rejoice in the goodness of the Lord. We thank the Lord for the opportunity to have preaching in the Cumberland Valley. Now, we are across the river. Technically, they say it's not the Cumberland Valley, but it's within two miles, so I consider it still the valley. We certainly appreciate the folks there. And we do want to let you know that, uh, Lord willing, this coming Saturday, 1.30, here at our home in Chambersburg, Pennsylvania, Brother Stephen Asquith is going to come, give the testimony of his life, and then preach a message that God has given him. And we're looking forward to having Brother Stephen with us. And that's something we haven't done for several months I believe the last time we did that was the month of May. And so we're looking forward to Stephen being with us. And so pray about that. Pray that the Lord would have you come. You'd be welcome to come and be a part of that service. We're back in the book of Matthew. We're in chapter 6. And we mentioned yesterday on the podcast that there's really three parts to this. And we're going to extend this a little bit longer than what I thought. There's a good reason for it. But I believe the Lord's going to let us look a little bit longer at prayer. We talked already of this matter of giving. And I certainly hope it was a blessing to you. I certainly hope you've learned by now to give. If you have not, I pray that you soon learn how to give. And it's not just of your talents. It's not just of your finances. It's not just of the things that we consider. It's of all of you. That is your time, your family, your life. And that's what God wants. God is demanding our lives. We present our bodies a living sacrifice. That life is in this flesh. And therefore, our lives need to be his lives. And so we look today at prayer in verse 5, and I'll just go down through this slow. I'm going to read something special to me, something dear to me that I normally don't do on the podcast, but I'm not smart enough to write things like this. But someone else has written this many, many years ago. But in verse 5, he says, And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. So when we pray, it's not a public show. And I realize our church has public prayer. Other churches have public prayer. There are men that will pray in public. I certainly hope you pray in secret with more fervency and more honesty than most pray in public. I normally don't pray the way I pray in secret in public because folks would be highly offended how I pray for them. There are folks that have no doubt in my mind are lost. They have no evidence of salvation. They have no life that evidences Jesus Christ, although they would profess salvation. So publicly, I don't get up and shame them by praying for their soul, but in private, I certainly beg God for their soul. There are those that uh, just really have defiled the word of God. They're unclean. Uh, they have been profane in the house of God, profane before God. Therefore, I pray in secret different than I do publicly for them. And if I did pray that way publicly, again, the offense would be too great for them to bear. 
So I do not pray for them publicly. I mean, you know, you're not going to get up in the pulpit and say, okay, well, let's open in prayer. Dear Lord, help brother so-and-so. You know, he's about to reprobate and treats his wife like a dog and his children like animals. And I pray, Lord God, that you put him under conviction or kill him. I mean, that's kind of a harsh thing to do. But when you pray, you go in your closet, he tells us. And under thy closet, verse 6, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy father, which is in secret. And thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. We mentioned yesterday there's three things that God rewards openly done in secret. One is giving. The second we look at today, tomorrow, Lord willing, is prayer in that matter of fasting. God rewards openly those things done in secret with him. These are rewarded things that only God can reward. There is no reward of men for these things. There's no man going to, they might applaud you, but no man's going to give you a reward for fasting. If anything, they'll probably think you're crazy. You fast for two weeks or three weeks or even for five days nowadays, you find people that hardly fast today. And and I myself don't fast like I ought to fast. So just be honest about that. The reality is there's men that never fast. There's women that never fast. They never push away from the table. And I don't care how long or short a fast is. I don't care how long or short a prayer is. It's a matter of praying with honesty and with integrity and praying to the Most High God. And it's a matter of praying in secret. So he says, go in that closet and shut the door. Now, people say, do I literally have to do that? It's not a bad practice. Until I was married and had children, I had a closet in which I could pray. And I'd go in there frequently when I need to see God's face. And I'd go in there with fervency. Now, I could have prayed in my living room the same way because there was no one here to interrupt, no one here to hear. But now I normally have to go outside or sometimes just sit in quiet and pray unto God. But there's times with fervency I need to pray. So I leave the home to not disrupt my family, disturb my family. And I go out and pray where I need to pray. And I pray and I pray in secret. I pray that God would hear in secret. I'm not looking for a reward. I'm looking for an answer. There's things beyond my control, beyond my strength. And therefore, I go in the closet and shut the door. What does that mean? I'm going someplace secretive where no one else can hear. It's between me and God. And only, that. by the way, only saved people can have that relationship. The sinners try so hard to have that relationship, and they fail because they go in that closet of prayer, and there's no one there with them. And they feel empty and void. I realize that's going to be an affront and offense to some people already, but it is a reality that there's just an emptiness there. There's a hollowness there, and they try, and they try, and it just seems like they can't get anything accomplished, but all the joy of knowing Jesus Christ, and enter into that closet and pray, and the Lord heareth in secret, rewardeth thee openly. I want to do something a little bit different for the next 10 minutes on the podcast, and I'm going to read something uh, that I've had in my Bible for many, many years, probably 15 years or more, and there's two things I keep in my Bible. One is a little track somebody had given me over 20 years ago. And it's about the the flesh and the spirit and the contradiction of the two. And I keep that in my Bible. It's a handy reference. It's a quick reference. I've given copies of that to many people. And this is something I want to go out on the podcast. I want some of you that take notes to take notes of this. Keep a copy of this in your Bible. And it's written by Brother Sammy Allen. He preached this message back in the early 70s, I was told. And it became the motto of the Face Baptist camp back many years ago. I would got to spend time with Brother Allen. I patterned many of the things in my life. I tried to pattern my Christian life after his, but it was very hard to do. But he was just a peculiar man, but a man that loved God. And he was a praying man. He was known as a praying man. The times I'd been with him, gone over there at 3 in the morning, he's praying. Gone over there at 10 in the morning, he was still praying. I remember the preacher up in Michigan 
I, I knocked on the door. It's 1030 in the morning. His wife said, well, when he's done praying, I'll have him call you all over the church. So I went back to the church and waited. About 40 minutes later, he called. He'd been in his prayer closet since four o'clock in the morning. He was a praying man. That's lost today. Boy, we're trying so hard to make money and so hard to make cash and so hard to do all of these things. But thank God there are still some praying men. Thank God it was the influence of praying men. Brother Allen preached this message back many years ago. And he preached the message simply, what prayer can do? What will prayer do for you? And he preached it on this wise, 2 Chronicles 7 and 14. And he had a note there. It says, open the windows of heaven. So 2 Chronicles 7, 14. He said, if my people which are called by my name. Now, in verse 13, if you shut up heaven, there be no rain, or command the locusts devour the land, or I send pestilence among my people. Then the context is, if my people, if all this takes place, if heaven is shut up, my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and shall seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and will heal their land. He will open the windows of heaven with prayer. And if you're in a dry time, you're in a time when the land is in a dearth, there's sickness in the land, the people are diseased. Can I say this? The New Testament church is faltering and failing and dying. Prayer can make a difference. Secondly, in Matthew 18, 18, he said simply this in his message, 18, 18, he can bar the gates of hell. Now, I normally don't read a message. I don't normally don't read a tract on this podcast, but this is a certainly something better than anything I could have come up with. And so in Matthew 18, 18, verily I say unto you, whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. So what did he say? It will bar the gates of hell. Verse 19, again, I say unto you that if, if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything, they, they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. And if you want the gates of hell barred, you need to open some things in heaven. You need to loose some things in heaven. You need to bind some things in heaven. And how do you do that? You do that with prayer. He said in Acts 13 and verse 6, what else does prayer do? Prayer will shut the mouth of the gainsayer. In Acts 13 and verse 6. And when they had gone to the island of Paphos, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew whose name was Bar-Jesus, which was with the deputy of the country, Sergius Paulus, a prudent man who called for Barnabas and Saul and desired to hear the word of God. But Elimus the sorcerer, for so is his name by interpretation, withstood them, seeking to turn away the deputy from the faith. Then Saul, who also was called Paul, filled with the Holy Ghost, set his eyes on him. And he said, O full of all subtlety and all mischief, thou child of the devil, thou enemy of all righteousness, wilt thou not cease to pervert the right ways of the Lord? And now behold, the hand of the Lord is upon thee. And he said, Thou shalt be blind, not seeing the sun for a season. And immediately there fell on him a mist in the darkness, and he went about seeking some to lead him by the hand. Then the deputy, when he saw what was done, believed, being astonished at the doctrine of the Lord. It will shut the mouth of the gainsayers. It's why we need to walk with God. It's why we need to have that relationship with God. Why? Because there's gainsayers that need their mouths shut. Prayer can shut their mouths. In James chapter 5, he said this in James chapter 5, it can loose the chains of sin. 
In verse 16, Elias was a man subject to passions like we are. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, that rained on the earth for the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. Brethren, if any of you do err from the truth, and one convert him, let him know that he which converted the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sins. We are men like passions, as he was, and yet we can pray. We can pray that God will loose the chains of sin. And then in Ephesians 6, he said this, bind the forces of evil. Now, I'm not just reading this flippantly or saying this flippantly. I'm just a reminder for us. But he said, put on the whole armor of God, verse 11 of Ephesians 6, that you're able to withstand against the wiles of the devil. Why is that? Because we need that armor of God. And then in verse 18, he says, praying always, after we put on the armor of God, there's a colon at the end of verse 17. Once we put on that armor, he said, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints and for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am ambassador in bonds, that therefore I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. So what do we do? We put on the whole armor of God, and then we pray. We pray that God will give utterance. We pray that God will open the ears of the hearer. We pray that God will turn a man loose to preach and not be bound in his preaching. John 14, 14, one of those great verses. This is one of those I had marked on this little bookmark I've had for all these years. If ye ask anything in my, if ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. John 14, 14. What a great promise of God. God will supply our every need. We live in a day when men don't believe that God will supply the need. They falter in ministry. They don't see that God can supply the need. And one of the best things that ever happened to me was going broke. Going broke in the ministry. Going broke with God. I know about spiritually going broke as well as financially, physically. Just getting to the lowest point. And I realized there's nothing left in me. And then there was opportunity for God to step in. A lot of us today, we don't want God to step in. We have our powers and our ideals and our thoughts and our reasoning, and we do what we want to do and how we want to do. And yet God himself is trying to intervene. So what do we do? We ask those things that we have need of, and we sit back and watch God answer. We're in a faithless generation. They don't believe God can take care of these things. I had a thought today about a very serious situation. I was thinking, uh, as I was cleaning out the shed a little bit this afternoon, I thought, you know, all I need is God to step in. All I need is intervention from the Most High God. There's nothing else I need. So how do I do? I pray. I pray and ask. And in asking, he said, ye shall receive. And then he closes out this little Bible tract. And thank God for the little Bible tract. Revelation chapter 3 and verse 7. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia, write these things, saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that hath the key of David, he that openeth and no man shutteth, and shutteth and no man openeth. I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. For thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. What will prayer do? Prayer will open the doors of opportunity. Prayer will open up the doors for you to be a minister of the gospel. Again, what can prayer do? Why do we go in our closet and shut the door and pray? Because prayer can open the windows of heaven, bar the gates of hell, shut the mouth of the gainsayer, loose the chains of sin, 
bind the forces of evil, supply our every need, and open those doors of opportunity. I do want to thank the Lord for the influence that Brother Sammy Allen had in my life. For two years now, he's been with the Lord over two years, but he had a great influence on me. And one of those great influences he had upon me was prayer. I'll be back tomorrow with my feeble thoughts on prayer. I pray you tune in for Wednesday's podcast. There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning, and he longs to return to the Lord. As he cries for forgiveness and mercy, God is waiting. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption calleth nigh. Now the angels of God are rejoicing, for the prodigal child has come home, and the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed.